This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. A very happy Friday to all of you. Nate Brennan checking in on the block. No Jake Bach over in. See what you guys did there. Bach is actually the College World Series, which is officially underway. Oklahoma holds a 12-6 lead over Texas A&M, the five-ranked uh, Aggies of Texas A&M. Bottom of the seventh, runners on first and third, one out. For the Aggies, so they're going to try and make a little bit of a comeback, but that's where Jake Bachman is, if that's who you were expecting today. But luckily for you, I am subbing in 402-464-5685, Sarder Hammond text line, Hot Enough Lake and Hotline, if you want to reach out to us and see what's on your mind. But do not worry, since it is on the block, we are, we do have, excuse me, the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland, on the line. He's traveling right now. Strick, do you have us? I'm here. What's going on, my fam- family, the family of the On the Block crew? How are y'all today? <laughs> Doing pretty good. It's actually just me right now. So we had VJ. He kind of did a little bit of a spillover on the water cooler. Nick sat in for a little bit. He's been doing a lot of radio this week, though, so we we went ahead and sent him home. So it's just well, you and me for now. in the early parts. Uh, I mean, doing the early break is, yeah, that's uh, it's a great time, you know, sip Sipping them were great, but that's a nice early rise and been doing that, plus afternoon sessions. Yeah, old Nick has been getting it. Weren't you doing uh, early break a couple times this week, too? Yeah, I did tap in with them. Um, it was fun, man. I really enjoyed it, but uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I like the fact that you get pretty much uh, after you do that in the whole day. But my issue is I like morning golf early morning golf and to be able to uh miss my sessions and get into the heat of the day yeah uh i prefer to go at our time (laughs) yeah well it's funny because jake always says that he's waking up so early because he's normally on early break from six to eight but i'm on the morning show at 10 11 so i'm usually waking up around like Ooh, sounds like you're doing all right over there. It sounds like you you're a little bit of traffic. Yeah, I did yeah, hear that. That's the thing about driving in traffic. You get, <laughs> you get all kinds everything. of stuff. Uh, but what I would say is I usually get up around 2.15 in the morning. So I usually tell Jake I don't really have too much sympathy for him, but that's all right because he's still waking up pretty early. Uh, again, on the block, 93.7, the ticket, 402-464-5685. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line. We want to know what's on your guys' mind. Uh, Strick, I want to make sure that before anything else, you fill the people in why you are on the road right now. Well, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm here because I have to, uh, I have to film the scenes that I'm in for the movie that I'm in. It's going to be on Tubi. Uh, it's called Intentions. It's a Ginger Snaps 
Ginger Snap film and, and, and they're producing it. Um, just happened to know the director, got a chance to read for it. They, she, she said, hey, I got, a, I got a part of this movie that I think would be perfect for you. Her name is Jim. And uh, as Jim, I'm the CEO of, of the company in oh, which nice. the lead actress works for. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of been working on my lines a little bit, you, you know, leery. You know, it's like <laughs> an uncomfortable, comfortable type of thing. But it's pretty cool, man, I, you know, to get a chance to uh, be on a set and uh, understand kind of, because I really love movies. I'm, I'm, I like to, to understand the backgrounds of how they operate and how they work. And you know what I mean? I would love to be like, to see a set like Top Gun. I think mm-hmm. that was that would have just been dope if I would have had an opportunity to see that. Do you think this is going to propel you into a future in movies, I guess? Because I, I was telling Nick, if, if there's anyone here at the station that I think would actually make a pretty good actor, it'd be you. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe this will propel you to a new career. I mean, I don't I don't know. I My brother's been trying to uh, do it. He's, he's, got a, he's got a music career, but... Oh, nice. For me, I, I, I'm 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 going to see how it goes and how much I like it. Um, like for example, in, initially it was very hard for a DP to kind of get me to feel comfortable about doing radio. Right. <laughs> it was, it, it, you know, I'm a kind of a background guy, but I actually love it, man. I'm enjoying being on the block. I enjoy the time that you know I get to spend with a great bunch of guys and and to understand how the studios work and. And, and and like yesterday when we were remote, I thought it was fun. Oh, yeah. It was you know shout out to to the wonderful families that came up and hung out with us at Mary Ellen's and you know shook some hands and got a chance to talk to some people, uh, see some old friends. So it was good. I, I think I love that part of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, and I will say too, it's nice to see your superstar status in person. It's pretty cool to see because uh, you're a good guy, Strick. You're a good guy. You're a man of the people. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Starter Haven text line. Honda Blinken hotline. We'll go ahead and get into this now. We were talking about it a little bit on the earlier show, and Vershawn, as you know, Strick, he sometimes can get a little bit excited. He can be drinking the Kool Aid, and I know you sent me a tweet last night. I want to make sure that I go ahead and pull it up here for a, a second just so I can make sure I get it correctly. We're looking at the power rankings for the Big Ten. Strick says 10-2, and two, Rose Bowl. I don't know if I'm buying all that. But the power rankings that you sent me was actually Sports Illustrated, so a reputable source. They have Ohio State at 1, Michigan at 2, Penn State at 3, Michigan State at 4. Those are all of your Big Ten East teams. And then the first team that you see on the Big Ten West side is Wisconsin. Nebraska comes in at 6th, Iowa then at 7th. When I see yeah. this, th- th- this is what's so fascinating with me is because we obviously have the discussion on the ticket a lot of the time. I and mean, we have some people that are from the area, we have guys that have played for Nebraska, obviously, when you throw in yourself for Sean, Jay Foreman, the likes of that. But I-, I think the most interesting thing is this is a national source that's now putting Nebraska on the map. I think looking at something like this, there's going to be more pressure on this team and Scott Frost than there was last team. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Maybe you can speak on a little bit what kind of pressure you guys had because I know when you were playing at Nebraska, you guys were a well-known school. I mean, for crying out loud, you guys won the Big 8 tournament. So, like, how were you guys able to handle these type of expectations? Because it looks like even on a national level, Nebraska's getting some recognition. I mean, it it is. It's definitely going to be upon their shoulders. Um... And it is cliche, but it is true. Pressure does bust pipes. Just ask Jason Tatum, right? Right. Um, it, it, when that pressure's on, I mean, you're at home. 
you're starting to hear the booze. I mean, it, it's really tough. And so I, I look at it from a standpoint of um, either it's going to create a unison, just like in the Army or just like what uh, Green Berets or, or, or what Marines kind of do when they get together and they go on these little uh, excursions to build that camaraderie, right? Either it's going to – the pressure is going to build that or it's going to break them. And if they've got heart and if they've recruited the way that you think they recruited, if these young men came for the real reasons and that's to turn a program around, if you're coming to smell the roses, you're not coming into a place where you're smelling the roses, right? You're coming into the dung hole. You're coming, you're coming where the manure <laughs> is sitting. And if your goal and aspiration and drive and passion is not to come in and turn it around, but to come in and think you're going to create some buzz and shine on your own light, that's going to create a problem. And so that's what we're going to find out very early in this season, what the purpose is and the goal is and what the coaches were able to do in creating a unison and when it gets tight and when it gets tough, where are they going to go and what they're going to do? Or are they going to break or are they going to shine? Here's what worries me a little bit when I see something like this. Again, I know, like I said, around here we can drink the Kool-Aid all we want. I think fans can be a little bit polarizing in that sense. I mean, we have a lot of 9-3, and three, our, our listeners say, and then we have a lot of 4-8 and eight as well. I mean, we have Scott Frost isn't going to be able to turn around and blow it out. I think the most likely scenario is probably somewhere in between, maybe like a 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. I just look at, historically, Scott Frost's tenure during Nebraska – Hasn't gone great. And I think slowly but surely, the weight has kind of fallen on Scott Frost's shoulders, and I think some of the players have felt that too. When I see something like this, it's we, we've talked about it extensively, and it's what worries me is you have to win that game against Northwestern. And I don't know if you've ever played in a must-win game that early in the season, but that just scares the hell out of me. I'll be honest with you. Because throughout Scott Frost's tenure – there hasn't really been a you have to win this game or the direction of the fan base, right. the direction of the team, the direction of the coach. The entire season, the weight of the season is essentially on this week zero. And I think that losing to Illinois last year was a big part of it. I think more than anything, when you look back at the landscape of the season, you could say that was the most disappointing loss just because it happened in week zero and it was such an abysmal performance on a national level. So I just right. that's what worries me so much is that – we are putting so much weight on this Northwestern game, so much weight on this coaching staff, so much weight on these kids, that a lot of them, like we've talked about, eight of your 22 starters are probably transfers that have never put on a Nebraska uniform. So I don't mm -hmm. know if the, the moment's going to be too big, or do you think th this pressure is mounting and it's going to become an issue later on or maybe even to begin the season? Well, that's going to be the job of the coaches to basically help them and the young men in that room to not uh, be in the news, in the media. And, yes, you can't stop them from doing that. Right. But you really, you really want to try to minimize that element, that pressure, and make it to be as if it's a common game and to get them as relaxed and at ease as possible entering into that week. Right? You're already coming in ahead of what most schedules are going to be coming into. Yeah. And so – it's early preparation. It's, it's, it's really trying to hone and lock down any weaknesses or any, you know, chinks in the armor to get it to a point to where they just feel 
as if everything is second nature out there. All their reads, they're going to try to prepare them as much as possible. And that's what scares me again is the coaching, is is what they're coming up against in a, in a coach as, as Fitzgerald. That part of it uh, worries me. And so in in that, that's where you have to get back to simplification. You have to run through the tackles. You you want to basically put the pressure on those where the pressure has, uh, you know, have, where Riola has really been talking to them about domination. And I'm pretty sure he's showing them old films of the 90s. This is the type of domination I want, you know, and getting them to that point. So test them on it, right? Don't, don't put the pressure on the defense. Don't put the pressure on it. Let everybody be able to play free, but put the pressure on the linemen. We're running off tackle. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? How are you going to dominate your side of the line? And then put that type of pressure on the linemen because if you open up your run game, if your yeah. run game is open, all the other stuff is going to open up out of that. If you got the pressure on the pass game and putting that on the shoulders of Casey Thompson, it could it could be problem because if you have an interception or you have you know a couple of things that go wrong, a sack, a fumble, you know just things like that, then the pressure begins to mount. So I think it you know it has to be behind the tackles and behind the ears of putting that on the on on the linemen up front to be able to move move some, you know, basically some ludicrous type move, you know, move, get out the way type <laughs> mentality. Right? I, move, get out the way. Uh, Gus makes a good yeah. point here. He says, I think it helps to play Northwestern in Ireland and not get too jacked up for all those new incoming players. Let me ask you this then. As someone that's played on the road, as someone that's played on at home, and someone that's played at a neutral site in a different time zone – does this play in Nebraska's favor, or are we looking at this is a different time zone, it's the first game of the year, it's a Big Ten West game of all things, so it, it's going to have an impact on your conference record. Is there more pressure the fact that it's in Ireland, or do you like the fact that it's away from home and it's out of the States? I actually like the fact okay. that it's away from home. It's easier for you to kind of get in your zone, get in your, you know, let your mental just kind of be at ease. Uh, without the pressures of of an overly home, uh, you know, because like I'm saying, if things go wrong, you can start hearing just the dissent. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, and, and you know what I mean. And to have that that early, no, you just don't want. You just want to be able to go out and play, play, play free. And I think I think being on the road does that. Now for me, I don't care. I just I, she, when I'm on the road, I want to shut your mouth. When I'm at home, I want to excite the crowd. When I'm neutral, I'm trying to win games. You know what I mean? So for me, it was that's how it was. But uh, but it can have an effect on some others. You know, playing the whether it be at home. It's like for example, once they gave up a 14 to two lead, like with Boston, it and and went down the other way, like 21 0. You know. Then that that changes the whole dynamic of the way you feel about that game. You can just see the body language. The body language is totally different. That can happen when you have a situation where the pressure mounts at you uh, with on you at a home game and the excitement of that. Chad says here, Strick. I want to make sure you get this shout out because I know you're on the road and you can't look at the text line. He says, "Hey, Strick, wasn't able to connect with you last night at the restaurant, but my son received an autographed picture of you. Made his day. Look at you, Strick." Oh, that's good, man. Good. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> I appreciate y'all checking in and calling. You're a man yeah, of the man, people. I, you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm I really enjoyed that remote. The food was excellent. Mm -hmm. The conversation was excellent. 
Um, and the support was, was excellent. You know, we thank you guys for your support here yeah. on the block. We appreciate you. We know you could be listening to all kinds of other stations. But, you know, we're, we're appreciative that you're able to tap in with us and hang out for the time that you do. Yeah, no, and that's the big thing, too, is we love meeting people, and I think that was so much fun last night, too. I mean, we just met so many people, just great Husker fans, people that, that genuinely care about the program and what we have to say, so that's always fun. Uh, Strick, I also wanted to ask you this. This is something that, that came to mind, and, and I don't know if there's really a way for you to answer this because I feel like when you were at Nebraska, a lot of your teams were pretty successful. How much of it is – is pressure from the fan base because we saw last year specifically I think that once you started out slow against Illinois then you dropped a few games in Big Ten conference schedule it seemed like a slippery slope it seemed like a spiral and and that's one of those things that I'm worried about too with the Scott Frost era is we see this slippery slope and the spiral continue and at some point you're going to have to get out of it, right? Like this is Nebraska for crying out loud. Like this is not a three and nine football team. Even the team that you put on the field is not a three and nine football team. The university right. of Nebraska should never field a three and nine football team. Unfortunately, that's the position that we've been put in. Those are the cards that were dealt. I understand all of that, but that has to change eventually. Do you think the fan, the fan pressure impacts anything? And then on top of that, how do you as a coach, Talk to a player that, okay, we know what happened last season. We know what happened before that. We lost a few tough games, but this is still manageable to turn this around. And, and see, that's why I think, I think that's why the way that they did it in the shift of new voices mm -hmm. in the room, right, it, 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 it hits different when you have a new voice. For example, my dad was one of my biggest – supporters but yet biggest critics so for me or for any person out there to hear it from your dad it hits a little bit different than to hear it from like if I stepped in the room I could be saying the exact same thing to that young player but in essence he feels it or it, it perceives it or, or co co connects with it in a, in a whole different way and so that I think in itself is going to help because we know that Scott Frost is taking a different approach and possibly is a voice, but not the, the main voice as probably he did and superseded a lot of areas in, uh, in the different rooms, whereas he's allowing those coaches to be his coaches and he's being probably updated and, and brought into the loop and addresses them uh, probably in simplified methods of, of to charge them up and to keep them in, you know, uh, 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 interested and engaged, but the, all the rah-rah and all the extras, hearing it from their, their player coaches is a little bit probably different than uh, what they did last year. And so you can get up hearing it in a different way just from a different person, and I think that was good of them when they did that and made those moves. What is the pressure like to play at Nebraska? Just, I mean, it doesn't have to be too long of an answer. I just want to know from someone who's actually played here. Yeah, uh, listen, it, it's uh, – it's, it's pressure in a different way. I mean, for me, it was still home. So right. I, I never really felt it in a crazy way other than when we lost those games. Like you're saying, once it begins to snowball, man, it's, it's not fun. But I, I will say that it's a lot of pressure to be successful in Nebraska because you want to, you want to win for – the type of people of the state and the support that you get, you really want to do well for that. You know what I mean? Right. 
guarantee you there's many stadiums around the country that people uh once they're once they're losing the way that Nebraska's losing, that's those stadiums are empty, you know, and or sparsely uh even in big programs. And so um I think that's what I think is going to embrace them more, man. Go out there and do it for the people. If you take it outside of yourself right. and you put it on, on you know, I'm playing. You'll run through a wall sometimes for someone else. But, you, you know, when it becomes about you and you have a bunch of individualized mentalities out there, then it just doesn't work. But if you're doing it for the good of, the, of what's on your shirt, then it works. Strick, I want to ask you this, too, before we head to break, because we do have to head to break. First of all, you got me ready to run through a brick wall. VJ says 10-2 and two going to the Rose Bowl versus USC. Do we compete against USC? I don't see why not. Ooh. I don't see why not. I love it. On paper. I mean, so, again, it's in the trenches. So I, I would like to make sure that we handle business in these trenches, and then I could feel a little bit more confident about it. I think that would be an incredibly interesting matchup. One, because Lincoln Riley. Two, Caleb Williams, I think, is my Heisman. I don't think at the end of the day it's really going to matter because I think that USC is probably going to be in the college football playoff, especially with the addition of Jordan Addison. But, again, we'll see how all that shapes out. Uh, 402-464-5685, that's the starter Heyman text line. We want to hear from you guys what's on your mind. 10-2, and Nebraska heads to the Rose Bowl. Who do you want to see them play? Would they compete against USC? I'm not so sure. We did it the segment before with VJ. I want to ask Strick. So we're going to make our top five teams of all time. So we're going to get a point guard, shooting guard, small four, all that. I'm interested to see who Strick takes. I'm interested to see who of his teammates he takes. So we're going to get to that in a bit. I'll do my top five as well. So get that on your mind as well. If you're making a top five in the NBA, who are you taking on your team? We'll have that next on the block. 93.7 The Ticket. Stay with us.